Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Welcome to episode 22, Attachment Part 1, Childhood and Personality. We've all heard a lot about attachment theory um, and how it impacts our childhood, how it impacts our relationships. Um, This is going to be a two-part series. The first one is going to talk about childhood and personality. And the second part, which will be next week, is going to be adult romantic relationships. Um, Both of them, of course, will always going to be self-contained, but I think you'll gain a lot uh, by listening to each of them in order. I know that some people might be cautious about uh, oversimplifying things or uh, trying to put exact tags and names on things. But I I will tell you from the onset that my belief is, and I hope that I'll convince you as well, um, with all the research I've done about attachment theory, is that we really are, are all on a spectrum of all different types of attachment um, abilities. Um, but let, let, let's let's build it up from the bottom up and, and then we'll see what we come out with. All right, so John Bowlby is uh, one of the founders of attachment theory and has really developed it. Uh, and we were very grateful to all of his research that he did in the early uh, 40s and 50s. Um, there's also Mary Ainsworth and a number of other people. Uh, much of the material that I'm going to be quoting from this podcast and the next uh, comes specifically from a book called Attached, which I highly recommend. Uh, it was written by Dr. Amir Levine, who's a psychiatrist, and uh, Rachel Heller, who's a master's level uh, mental health therapist. And both of them specialize in attachment theory um, and have a lot of connections with Columbia University, where they do uh, many child pairing exercises to help uh, new mothers and new fathers connect with their children through attachment theory. So let's talk about what attachment is. I like to say that there are three causes of uh, our development when it comes to attachment. One of them is predisposition. There's a lot of research about uh, there are certain chemicals in our body makeup that just predispose us to have a certain type of um, affinity towards one attachment style over the next. So that's one variable, and it's hard to say how much that influences it. Another one that people are sometimes uncomfortable with, but it's just a reality, is your primary caregiver or both your primary caregivers, if it's a mother, father, nanny, whoever it is, um, and, and and your attachment style that you form with them in your formative years. Um, and then the third is just kind of your life experience. And I want to say from the onset that in the book Attached, they say that it takes about four years to change your attachment um, style. I, I strongly disagree with that. And and, and there's much research that proves that, that it takes a lot less. Um, and to be very honest, in my office with many of the clients I work with, I often see significant changes, and, and the, the clients themselves see it within uh, six months to a year, um, sometimes even less. But that being said, before we change anything, let's first just define it. So attachment theory, one of the, the greatest ways that uh, researchers have identified attachment um, is through watching the interaction of uh, children with their parents and, and, and a certain uh, technique that they use. So let's first define. We, there are four types of attachment uh, styles, and again, there's there's so much research on it and so many things that I want to try to just cut through and get to the point. Uh, the four types are, uh, and they're no ran- just random order. Number one is secure. And again, we all want to be secure. And that's said to be about 50% of the population. Uh, number two is the anxious preoccupied type, uh, which is about 20% of the population. Number three is the avoidant dismissive type, which is about 25%. And the fourth, which you hear the least about, is the anxious avoidant type, which is about 5% of the population. So let me start off with a quote from John Bowlby. 
who uh, very appropriately will be quoted here. Um, and I think that it might be a little bit of a philosophical quote that will leave some people scratching their heads, but perhaps we'll shed some light on what it means. And John Bowlby says, and I quote, what cannot be communicated to the mother cannot be communicated to the self. Okay, that sounds really deep. So basically, the, the researchers, the way they like to divide the children is to watch how they react uh, when they play with their, uh, let's say, mother, primary caregiver in a room, um, or they're playing, and mom is then asked after a few minutes to leave the room. Well, mom leaves, and different children react in different ways. And this is, again, children are about the age of uh, six months to two years is where this is most clearly seen. And mom leaves the room, and then after a couple of minutes, mom comes back in the room. And, and what's watched is uh, the outward expressions of how the child reacts. And for the secure child, uh, when mommy leaves the room, it's very upsetting. It's, I still want mom. And um, sometimes he cries, and sometimes she wails and is not happy about it. But uh, very quickly, once she realizes mom has left, she uh, goes back to her toy, and she plays, and, and, and she does well. And she calms herself as well. Uh, when mom comes back in, the secure child will often look towards mom, acknowledge her, um, and won't harp on that. We'll just kind of continue to play and uh, get back into the play. And I know mom's there and I feel good and I feel relaxed. And uh, physiologically, the child is very relaxed as well. For the anxious, preoccupied child, um, what's going on is when mom leaves the room, there's a tremendous uh, distress that go comes over the child. There's a tremendous protest that the child has. And when mom comes back into the room, the child is very angry at mom for leaving and is very uh, open in expressing this protest. At first, he'll smile at her and welcome her back often, but then eventually he'll protest and yell and scream and cry, make sure, are you there? Are you going to play with me? And we'll become a little bit more clingy. Um, and that's uh, one of the telltale signs of, of the anxious, preoccupied child. Uh, for the avoidant and dismissive, there's, there's something very fascinating, and uh, it might sound paradoxical at first, but it's actually not. Um, and what's, what, what goes on is on the outside, and then there's what goes on on the inside. So on the outside, the avoidant uh, child um, will often almost ignore mom when mom leaves, and will just continue playing and ignoring. And when mom comes back in the room, the avoidant uh, dismissive child will often continue to ignore mom and not really acknowledge that she even came back in the room. That's on the outside. But on the inside, what's very fascinating is that uh, the researchers found that in many of these cases, uh, the avoidant child was also experiencing extreme levels of distress, anger, uh, accelerated heart rate, um, cortisone levels that went up, which is the body trying to fight off stress. Um, and so what was fascinating is that this child is also striving um, to be attached, but their attachment style is the dismissive avoidant type. When the mother comes back in the room, that it really was noticed physiologically. Um, and, and in fact, some of the children were even found to seek proximity to the mother, although continued to play. And what researchers said, which was too much of a generalization that I think offends some people, but it needs to be said because there is some truth to it, is that basically if you have secure parents or a secure caregiver, then you will develop into a more secure person. Um, and if you have um, a parent who is uh, intermittently responsive to you, then that's where the anxiety will come in and the, the anxious uh, type will come in because sometimes they do respond and sometimes they don't. And you need to be ready to protest. Um, for the avoidant, often their parents are extremely rigid, extremely tough, extremely unavailable. Um, and so that is where some of the um, avoidant aspect will develop. And when we think about just kind of what this does, well, our, our often our, our personality develops based on these styles of how we engage, uh, whether we pull out of a fight, whether we stay in a fight, whether we uh, like to be more independent, whether we like to be uh, more interdependent um, and, and, and relate to other people and interact with other people. But once we think about, um, you know, how our childhood looked and how that 
manifest itself and as far as whether our parents were available for us or the important people in our life. And remember, this doesn't mean whether whether the, our parents are good people or not or whether they really were available or really weren't. It's really a matter of what the child is predisposed to um, and also uh, how they experience their parents. I've worked with some clients who experienced their parents as unavailable, but will, will tell me, you know, they really were available. They just didn't understand me. Or when my little brother was born, it really changed everything. And then they weren't available for me in some way. Um, and so this is what's really, really fascinating about the um, attachment theory and how our personality develops over it often really manifests itself by um, whether we anxiously attach with things and therefore need need things to be uh, right around us um, in order to make us feel comforted and safe, or whether we try to be extremely uh, independent and really feel that, you know, hey, if I don't take care of myself, no one else will. Um, and so going back to Bowlby's original uh, quote, which might make a little bit more sense now, that is, what cannot be communicated to the mother cannot be communicated to the self, because we learn how to communicate through interacting with our caretaker. And if we can't interact with them, then we, we, we sometimes lose out on, on interacting with ourselves. So don't put yourself in a box. Don't try to figure out, you know, hey, which one am I? But look at the patterns because we're all on a spectrum of each of these. How secure am I uh, in my interaction with others? How anxious am I in my interaction? And, and how avoidant am I? If there's a mix, that'll come out more uh, in relationships. But a mix is just kind of some of the best traits of each and some of the worst traits of each. Um, but th th there is a lot of overlap. It gets a little complicated with relationships, which we'll talk about in the next segment. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.